Hello, everybody, and welcome to Inside the Natural State, an Arkansas sports podcast. I am your host, Zachary Kerr, alongside my co-host, Steve. What's going on, man? It is a wonderful week. The Cowboys lost. The Niners won. It was the same game. It was a lot of fun, and it's preseason. So, hey, I'm you a happy, can get I'm out a happy of here. guy. You can get out of here with See, that See, I mess. threw that one at you because this Cowboys yeah. stuff, I've been, I've been locked and loaded on that so, one for a couple days. Fun ago. fact, I don't watch preseason. So, if they lost, good. You know. I think it's a great game. The Niners had like 18 penalties for 200 yards. Good uh, night. Yeah, it was preseason game one. Wow. Was, you want to talk about work, trying to work the kinks out. But, hey, uh, what's his – the herd kid from Baylor looked really good. He's He scored both touchdowns for the Niners. So, as a Niners fan, I was kind of excited about that. See, this whole thing with Amari Cooper, um, Zeke Elliott, and Dak Prescott trying to get money out of him, I, you got to get more playoff wins. I agree. They need to win some playoff games, but what I, I, here's my issue. I don't really care about the NFL that much, mainly because my Niners suck real bad right now, so they're not a lot of fun to watch. Right. But I'm a fantasy football guy, so maybe we'll get into that at some point later in the podcast. Um, I know absolutely nothing. Yeah, yeah, I can look smart. So Nothing I mean, until someone listens football. and they're like, that guy's an idiot. The only time I ever played fantasy football, I was like 3-12. and 12. That's not good. No. No, that's no. not good. And I had players I had. Of course, Did you pick was, all Cowboys? No, I tried. Yeah, this was back when. Everybody that does that. This was, this was way back when fantasy football just started. So it was, yeah. I'm in way too many leagues. I think I'm in five or six. So, um, yeah, here in a couple of weeks, we'll be doing a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I'll probably be sitting here checking team scores right. all the time because hey, I'll have some drafts coming up. There's nothing up. wrong with that. But before we roll into the, tonight's podcast, um, I got to give a shout out to our sponsor, Mountain Valley Springwater, since 1871. They have been a staple here in the state of Arkansas, and so we thank them so much. And they got actually good water. They it is good. They got, got glass, glass bottles, man. That's a pretty cool thing. Um, we are. Last week. We are. We have one new thing going on for our podcast this week. We Did are we? live streaming on Facebook right now That's on scary. our Facebook page, Natural State Sports. The camera adds twenty pounds. I promise. I got too far away from the mic again. Did you see that? It happened. Oh, sorry. Hang on. See, let me. <laughs> okay, I'm better now. I'm better okay. now. You should have worn a green shirt, then you just disappeared. I would, I would have blended right. in. That would have been fun. That'd have been awesome. But, I'm uh, doing that next yeah. week. Just you can find us on real. Twitter. All you gotta do is search Natural State Sports, and on Instagram, you can also find us there. Um, just search Natural State Sports, and, and that'll pop up. Um, okay, an article came out t- this week. Okay, first off, when you sent me this, we almost had like a long conversation on, yeah. on, on, on Messenger, and I was like, no, 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 let's, um, let, let, let's back this up and wait for tonight because this is going to be fun. And you know, the thing about it, conference realignment has, always, has been a thing for like, what, about four or five years now? Mm-hmm. Since about 2013? Yeah, a little before that because, I mean, that was when we brought a couple in. But well, I mean, that was, when the, that. that was when the SEC expanded. Right. So ever since then, of course, Arkansas has – been a staple in the SEC since 1992, mm-hmm. but staple doormat. Yeah, we've gotten <laughs> we got stapled to we've the We've gotten close, close. We've gotten close. <laughs> That's a great word. But one of the things that everybody keeps saying is our Arkansas would fit in the Big 12, and that's what this article was about on social media. That's going around, and while it, and again, Hog fans are gonna hang me out to dry when I say this. It made some pretty logical points. It did. But why leave the SEC? Why not leave the SEC? So I've always been a proponent. Stay in the SEC. We want it to be the best. You got to beat the best. Right. The fact is, though, is we fit geographically better with the Big 12. 
we've we've been we we've been we've played with most of the teams in the Big Twelve. There's natural rivalries like we talked about last week. We don't have a natural rivalry. We're trying to find a natural rivalry. Well, with Arkansas, everybody is a rival. Right, but you get into the Big Twelve, and there's teams that were true rivals in the day. I well, mean, you get into the Big Twelve, you got Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas. You got Texas and Oklahoma. You got Texas and Texas Tech, which is kind of a rivalry right now. Baylor. Um, who's Baylor and Baylor and who? Would it be Baylor and T- TCU? I forgot about TCU. And I hate TCU. I'm I, gonna tell you right now. I, I, I missed the hate word last week. Yeah. But um, we went to T- the TCU game a few years ago. The worst experience from a fan perspective. It's the first time I've ever been told to sit down and shut up and stop cheering for my team in another stadium. The guy that in front actually of me, happened. He looked at me and he said, "How do you think you would feel if fans were in y'all stadium rooting for the other team?" I said, "Happens every Saturday. I'm pretty yeah, sure." I, I was gonna say <laughs> it happens. It happens every Saturday. I mean, it sucks to suck, but you know, hey, I mean. Get beat by Burt's boys. You did something wrong. Oh, yeah, tell me about it. Um, there, there, there are pl- there, there are pros and there are cons. Okay, a con would be the the lack of money. I mean, SEC is the conference in college football. It is, but think about it. So the landscape's changing. So money is changing in the way the the way the TV deals are working right, right now. The Big Twelve will have a deal coming up soon. And to add a team like Arkansas would make a ton of sense for the Big 12. Yeah, it's not a massive TV market, but you're talking about a power power five team that's basically a free agent that could jump into that conference and and really bring extra eyes. And from a geographical standpoint, the the, the, the recruiting ties that you have. And, and so for me, from that perspective, who knows what the money looks like? Well, this article this article went on to say, um, okay. Before the conference realignment in 2013, Arkansas was the furthest west SEC school. Mm-hmm. And now you have A&M, they're just a little out. You add Missouri in, which is just across the border from, our, from, from Fayetteville, about a couple of hours. You're five hours away from in any other SEC school. That's right. Okay. Geographically, to me, it doesn't make sense. To do? To go to the Big 12. Okay. But it also didn't make sense for Nebraska to go to the Big 10. No, Nebraska. That that's that's a terrible fit, and and there's some other terrible fits out there. But like, I'm not sure how it doesn't fit geographically. For West, Arkansas, West Virginia to the Big Ten. I mean, or no, where to, did they go? They went. They went to the Big Ten. West Virginia came to the Big Twelve. Yeah, Big. Okay, that's yeah. what it was. Big, Big Twelve. Big 12, 10, 8, whatever they are right now. Big Eight, Big so, Ten. The Big conference 12. we're supposed to be joining here. So according to this this article, right? So I I just. Sorry, my bell's going off. To me. <laughs> <laughs> is dinner ready, hun? <laughs> Did your wife put a <laughs> put a bell around your neck? Yeah, she's like, there is a check ding. There it went. Found him. <laughs> Boy, let me tell you, man. You, she you got yours you with you. She, yeah, I, hey, I, yours is here. I have to. She, she's right back there. I know. You ever get away? She keeps me grounded, man. Yeah, what can I, I don't say? blame you. Okay. Hey, hey it's well, all good. I mean... <laughs> not only is she my she's my best friend too so you kind of get one in the same hey that's true my wife so, is my best friend there you go so for the but, record just make that clear yeah right well we love well, you babe if you ever listen well now i'm kind of hurt she I, supports me she i listens. thought you were my best friend maybe one day oh uh, okay because i can't beat her no no i don't so, think anybody can beat her no, I except not. she can beat never mind yeah, yeah, um, yeah okay going back on this article though Yes, Arkansas's got a huge history with about 90% of the teams in the Big 12. You've got Texas, TCU, Oklahoma. I don't think Oklahoma State was in the Southwest Conference back then, were they? I don't think so. I have no idea, but it's still a geographical rival that makes no sense well, but, to play them right now every well, no, single year. But 
We're adding that onto our schedule, even in the SEC. Right. What are the benefits, though? I mean, they don't. Does the Big Twelve? See, I don't know much about the Big Twelve. That's the problem. Do they still have? Do they have a conference championship now? They do now. Didn't they just start? One? I think they, they just, just restarted one last year. Yeah. This year. Okay, anyway. so so you have, but they'd have to add two teams. So who's going to be the logical next step that's going to come in with it? Okay, so first off, I think the benefits to us going there is I think exposure wise. Oklahoma right now is the they are the they're head and shoulders above the rest in the in the Big Twelve. Texas is maybe gonna come back. Texas Texas is getting there, but but Oklahoma is kind of runs the Big Twelve right now. Yeah. So really, I mean, if you think about it, if you want to be the person that says, hey, you know, if we can we play we play against less competition, we'll go further. We have a better opportunity at the playoff. So we get to play less miles again. Yes. That, I mean, yeah, absolutely. That'd be a lot of fun. He could so. eat our new grass. So, yeah. But, so, I mean, from, from that standpoint, from yeah. the, the different ways, the way it makes sense as far as us moving. So, from a competitive standpoint, I agree with the article there. I think we would be more competitive in the, in the Big 12. I think we'd have an opportunity to win a few more games. And I think exposure-wise, we would end up hopefully having a little better opportunity. The problem with the SEC is the gauntlet you have to go through. And I'm not sitting here trying to say we should just do away with competition. We'll talk about well, that a little in, bit later, in too. The, in the – in the in, in in this day and age, when you're dealing with, let's take Alabama for example. Alabama's got a cupcake schedule every year. Okay, they do. They've if you look at their non I mean, conference, non conference, yes. they're for they're the not playing. Part. Well, I mean, but who does the Big Twelve play? Nobody in the Big Twelve plays anybody, and then they got to play each other. Yeah. So I mean, that's and, what it's, a, and it's a crapshoot. So give me an SEC team on our schedule, and then we'll hop on over there to. Uh, to the Big Twelve and and take care of business over there. I mean, I don't see, I don't, I don't see the issue with, or I, I don't, I don't see as many negatives as, as I think some people see. I think, uh, when, in in essence of when you're when you're going and you're talking about rivalries, I honestly think that that would be a smart move because back in you know the seventies and the eighties when the Southwest Conference was the big conference back then. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, the SEC wasn't a, wasn't the powerhouse as it is today. It was still tough, but it wasn't the one that you. It's not the SEC that everybody knows today, right? Okay. I think the rivalry talk will be better because it'll be more realistic with an Oklahoma, a Texas, Texas Tech, an Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State. I mean, you'll have more, instead of just one main rival you'll have several different ones. Well, and I think that's where you make up from it in a fi- from a financial standpoint is that, so, yeah, we may lose a few bucks from the TV side of things, but currently we don't sell out every game. I mean, no. that's just the fact of the matter. And, and a lot of that is, is the way, the different ways people use, the different ways people view sports now, the different ways that they want to come to the games. Plus we, you know, sucked for a few years. So, <sighs> so I mean, that could change things in our favor though, because if you're playing a bunch of rivals that, that, the fan base really believes is a bunch of rivals. Right. Now they have a shorter trip. You probably have more excitement over the games. Now, I don't know if that holds up. If you have success the first three well, or four years, I think that holds up for a long time after that. One of the plus sides, too, because you were talking about money and all that, was the less travel, okay? You're not flying all the way to the East Coast to play teams like Alabama. You're not flying, you know, and if to play an East opponent, like if you play at Florida, at South Carolina, things like that, do you get – do you save that money and put it back into the athletic department for, you know, better equipment, 
upgrades to the stadium, you know, what have you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, any dime that you can save to bring back in the program makes sense. Plus, I mean, something that you may not think about too is going out east. You lose an hour when you got to play east. You'd never, yeah. you'd never, well, outside of maybe West Virginia, you'd never leave the central time zone too. That makes so. no sense. That West Virginia. I guess it's is it media market is the only thing I can think for the Big Twelve. The Big Twelve Probably. needed another media market because, yeah, I mean, you got a lot in Texas, but outside of that, what do Where, you have? What conference did they come from? The ACC. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, the Big, Big East. East. Big East. That's They'd, right. It'd have made more sense going to the ACC. It would have, but I, there was something going on there. There was some other stuff happening when all that went down. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I don't see the issue. Like, I don't, I don't, I'm, I am on board with jumping off and running over to the Big 12 if it makes us more competitive. Um, it strengthens, strengthens recruiting ties in Texas. So I think it's a great, I think it works well for us. I will, I, I think, uh, unless we start winning. There's, I mean, it's not going to matter anyway. It goes. This talk, well, this talk's going to continue. Yeah, that, that's true. And I mean, so we got to be competitive. All right, guys, well, we're going to take a break. Uh, come back after the break and join us. We'll have Andrew Hutchinson from hogbeat.com. We, the people, stand tall, equal, and free. In pursuit of happiness and premium American spring water. Mineral rich, revitalizing goodness. With a naturally detoxifying high alkalinity. And 7.8 pH. Bottled in glass. To oxygenate our brave, proud selves. The healer and hydrator of. We. 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 The people. The Mountain Valley spring water. Back to the source. Joined now by uh, phone with Andrew Hutchinson of Hogby.com. And uh, Hutch, you got promos going, right? Oh, yeah. We've got the, the best deal of the year over at Rivals. We're offering a 25% off annual subscription. Uh, usually that's going to cost you $100, but 25% off makes it 75 And then on top of that, we're going to send you a gift card for the Adidas store. Uh, so you can get all sorts of Adidas gear, shoes, uh, other athletic gear, all that, all that great stuff. Seventy-five dollars. So basically, we're going to send you the amount of money that you're spending to get great coverage of the Razorbacks. So uh, it's it's our best deal of the year, and it's still going on. So uh, if you've ever even thought about joining Hogbeat.com, uh, now would be the perfect time to do so. Sounds like a win to me. Do it now. So okay, Hutch, I got to ask: Is Coach Morris out of his mind playing in this heat? Or is, is this part, is this right up his alley? You know, I mean, if you ask him, this is exactly what he wants. I mean, uh, he absolutely loves playing in, in hot weather. Uh, basically, he, he just, he wants to put his team in adversity. He wants them to go through adverse situations and have to, to fight through things uh, such as 100 degree heat. I mean, it was a heat index well over 100 degrees yesterday and I believe Monday as well. Uh, and so, or I guess yesterday was Monday, but, uh, it, it has been hot in Northwest Arkansas. So, uh, he, he loves it. Uh, you know, he seems to, anytime it rains, he says he wishes it would rain harder. Anytime it's cold, he wishes it was colder. Uh, so that, that's kind of something he enjoys. At least that's what he tells everybody. Uh, but I can tell you, I personally do not like the heat. I, I much prefer it to be, you know, 75 degrees and, you know, partly cloudy if it was up to me. What kind of effect is this having on the team? You know, I mean, I really think that the biggest thing is it does force them to kind of fight through some things. And it's, it's, it's hard to simulate, you know, a game-like situation, you know, when you're going through practice. 
but especially because you're not you're not going as hard as you would for a game, I and mean, it's just it's just hard to do that. Uh, so really, it, it's a uh, just a way for them to get better conditions. Uh, and everything, and and that's what they're that's what they're doing. I mean, they're out there in full pads and the the heat of the day. They usually wrap up around noon, so it's it's maybe not the absolute hottest time of the day, uh, but it's it's pretty warm out there. So really, uh, it just the biggest thing is they got to stay hydrated and everything. And there there have been a few guys that maybe have, have fallen out because of some, uh, you know, just the the heat has gotten to them a little bit. Uh, but really, I think it's good because that, that first game against Portland State, I believe it's at 3 o'clock, August 31st. Man, that, that game is going to be hot. So uh, this is kind of getting them prepared for that. Okay. Um, I, I, kind of on that, you've got uh, there's a couple guys that I, I think I've seen some of the injury stuff come out today that missed. Um, any insight on Cam Curl or McClellan? It seems like we're missing a big chunk of the defensive backfield this, you know, these last couple of days. Yeah, they were out there in green uh, today, uh, but really we don't know exactly what the issue is. Uh, you know, Chad Morris is the guy who is uh, who likes to talk about that stuff. You know, uh, really the one that's kind of uh, puzzling is Greg Brooks. You know, he's a freshman, uh, was is expected to be the starting nickel, or at least that's kind of where he is right now. Uh, and he has actually been out the last couple of days, not out there at all, even in a green jersey. So. Uh, not quite sure what the what the deal is with him. We hopefully we'll get some more insight from Chad Morris uh, when he talks to the media uh, around probably twelve thirty, twelve forty five on Wednesday. So uh, that's that's kind of the he he's the guy who really addresses injuries, and even then he doesn't necessarily uh, give us a full injury report breakdown. Just that uh, guys are out. Really, the only significant injury still that we know of uh, was on day one of fall camp with Noah Gatlin tearing his ACL. Uh, Eric Gregory, I guess, is, is pretty significant. He's, he was spotted with a boot on his foot. Uh, he is out for the rest of fall camp. Uh, he was removed from the 110-man roster. Uh, and I guess Dalton Hyatt, if you consider him a, a significant injury, he has also been removed from the 110-man uh, roster, you know, the, the quarterback-turned-wide receiver. So uh, those, those are the biggest injuries right now that Arkansas is dealing with. Okay. So 10 days into this thing, you've got a big scrimmage out of the way. Uh, what's your feel on a couple things? What's your feel on the uh, on the quarterback battle, if you have a feel, and and where do you think we are as far as offensively, defensively, in in, in install and kind of comfortable uh, their comfort levels after the big scrimmage on Saturday? Well, as far as the quarterback battle, it's still it's still a two man race between uh, Ben Hicks and Nick Starkle. Uh, the coaches seem to be really praising uh, John Stephen Jones. I say you don't think really good things about him but I, I don't I don't think he's really a, a serious contender uh to be a starting quarterback at Arkansas at least it's, it's definitely not this year I mean why else would you bring in two graduate transfers uh if you're going to start a redshirt freshman so uh but he does seem like he's showing some good things uh, as far as you know if one or the other Hicks or Starkle are leading I mean it, it's really hard to say it, it feels like everything we're kind of hearing you know, we don't get to see a ton. Only the first 20 minutes of practice have been open. We didn't get to watch any of the scrimmage. But based on kind of things that I've heard is that it sounds like Ben Hicks, you know, doesn't really make mistakes. He knows the offense, which you would expect. Uh, Starkle, he, he knows the offense, but he's also kind of got that gunslinger mentality where he's going to try to make some throws that sometimes get him into trouble. And uh, it sounds like he's the one who threw – uh, the interception uh, in the scrimmage, and it also sounds like he was the one who fumbled the ball during the scrimmage. Uh, 
so ball security is obviously a premium and, and something that, uh, you know, really kind of uh, haunted Arkansas last year. So that, that's why I still think if it was, if it's just me guessing, I, I would say Hicks will start out the year as a starting quarterback, whereas, and then Starkle will eventually take over uh, relatively early. Uh, but he just kind of has to, to get a little bit more comfortable and maybe get that gunslinger mentality somewhat under control where it doesn't lead to, to turnovers necessarily. Anything new, Hutch, on uh, C.J. O'Grady? Any kind of update on him? Well, you know, he's been running third team, as y'all probably know uh, a little bit, but he's also been running first team. That's what Chad said. Uh, but, you know, on, on Monday when I was watching, I actually watched a little bit of the tight ends. They were running some routes on air. Uh, with the quarterback so nothing really significant and everything so I don't like to read too much into it but he was at the front of the line he was the first guy running routes uh, whenever it was uh, you know the quarterback throwing passes to him and that hasn't always been the case with CJ Uh, he has sometimes kind of been back back of the line you know waiting for you know Chase Harrell and Grayson Gunner those guys to go through uh, but he was at the front of the line. So it seems like he is kind of uh, responding well. That's what Chad said after the scrimmage, that he's responding well. Uh, I'm really looking forward to talking to Barry Lunny on Thursday when we get to talk to the assistant coaches and see what he has to say and, and how he's handling it uh, from a leadership standpoint and just uh, to handle that. Because he, he's kind of a, a guy that has struggled with that throughout his career. So uh, I'm anxious to hear how he's doing you know, going into his senior year. So we're, what, two weeks out from opening day on the 31st? Yep, roughly. Just about. Yeah. What are the chances that we're going to be at 100% for this team as far as injuries and things like that? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it depends on your definition of 100%. I mean, there's going to be guys that are kind of dinged up and nicked up. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, Noah Gatlin with the ACL, he's, he's not going to play. I would be surprised if Eric Gregory – uh, is back by then because we saw him in a boot. Um, but, I mean, I really think that they're, they're in a good spot right now uh, as far as injuries, and, and it seems like they are, uh, you know, handling it okay. Uh, you know, they're not they're, – they're doing everything you expect to do during fall camp. It hasn't been quite like last year's fall camp where, you know, they were down to eight scholarship offensive linemen or anything like that. There aren't any positions that are – that kind of dire as far as injuries, you know, linebacker would be one to watch if they do have a couple injuries, but that would start getting to be a little concerning, especially with the, the transfer Giovanni LaFrance, you know, that leaves them, I think with eight scholarship linebackers. So uh, yeah, that's uh, that's something to watch, but I, I think they're, they're okay right now. Nothing catastrophic has happened as of yet. So on the defensive side of the ball, um, well, I guess go back to, to, to the, the freshmen that we've brought in this year that seem, it seems obviously we're going to have several that are going to be big contributors. Um, but one guy on the defensive side of the ball that I've been really excited about, and it seems like everybody else has, um, Mateo Sali. What's your thoughts on him? You think, you think he's going to be a starter this year? I don't know about starter. I think he has the capability of being a starter, but I think he's going to be a, a contributor. I don't see him redshirting. Uh, because you've got basically you got three de- uh, senior defensive ends in Dorian Gerald, Gabe Richardson, and Jamario Bell. Those guys are going to play a lot. Uh, I think two of those guys are going to be the starters, probably Gabe and Dorian. That's what it's sounding like right now. Uh, but then beyond that, you really don't have a lot of you know upperclassmen. It's a bunch of freshmen. I mean, uh, I guess you could throw in redshirt sophomore uh, Dave, David Porter. 
but he really hasn't done much during his career at Arkansas. So uh, really it's going to be those freshmen. And Mateo Solis seems to be the guy that's really impressing uh, everybody. He looks the part. He looks like an SEC defensive end. Uh, he runs really well. I mean, he's a guy that they – uh, have even, you know, during during their special teams period, during the open portion of practice uh, for the media, uh, he is actually over with a bunch of the skill position guys that are working on punt coverage and kickoff coverage, you know, positions that require you to run. Now, most of the offensive linemen and defensive linemen are working individual drills on the side, but they're over there. He's over there running running that special teams work. So that, that just kind of shows you he's, he's built differently. He's not your typical – uh, you know, big defensive lineman, but he he's just super fast, super quick, uh, and seems to be a guy that, that they're going to count on to to be a contributor as a true freshman. I mean, it's a guy who came out of high school with what twenty plus sacks last year. I mean, he was a beast. Yeah, I'm not sure how you keep him off the field. Um, so, well, well, Hutch, we appreciate you joining us this week. Uh, uh, I think that's all we got for you. Thanks for your time. Uh, everybody take a chance and jump over to hogbeat.com. Again, thanks, Hutch, for joining us this week. See you later, Hutch. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. We, the people, stand tall, equal, and free. In pursuit of happiness. And premium American spring water. Mineral-rich, revitalizing goodness. With a naturally detoxifying high alkalinity. And 7.8 pH. Bottled in glass. To oxygenate our brave, proud selves. The healer and hydrator of. We. 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 The people. The Mountain Valley spring water. Back to the source. Welcome back to Inside the Natural State. Zach and Steve here with you. Now, there's a lot of different fan bases out there that love the Hogs, but there's one in particular that joins us now, two of the original members, the Hogettes. Yep. So we've got Patty and Melinda on. And how are y'all doing tonight? I think we got tag teamed on that one. Yeah, we did. So, tell us a little bit about the the uh, the Hoggets and how you guys got started. You guys have become, kind of become a Twitter cult, cult following over the last couple of months. It's kind of been fun to watch. Okay, me. We'll start with yeah, Miss Patty. I started, okay, uh, when I got on Twitter, I didn't really, I really didn't know what Twitter was all about. <laughs> Don't worry, me That's neither. That's a crazy story. <laughs> I'm still That's trying to get used to Twitter. Now, it's a crazy story. I even got on Twitter, but that's another time. <laughs> so, now, that might be one I'm interested realized, to hear. But I realized there's a lot of Razorback stuff on there. So, oh, man, this is this is where I need to be. I didn't know nobody. Right. So it was during a baseball season. And I just started going there to strike them out or hit a ball, you know. And I, I was just cheering on Twitter. Well, KP going ask me, do you think that's really going to help? Well, I didn't know if he was Razorback or for the other team, so I checked his profile, and he was Razorback. So we got to talking. I said, yeah, if I can't be there, I'll cure it here. And then everybody, then other people started going in. So we'd have that big old long feed about play for play for the game. And that's just everybody started meshing in and then become KP named as the Hoggett. So how large is your group of uh, your your group here now on Twitter? Is it 17? 16 or 17. Okay, so now you guys kind of try to you kind you guys hit all the all the fun events and such. 
Um, do you guys, what, what is, do you guys have a goal or is it just, uh, just a bunch of women that, that love the hogs and that want to get the word out? We're just a bunch of women. Uh, we got them from up to 20 up to 70 years old. Oh, wow. So good range. There's a lot, there's a large difference. I'd say that's By a couple number. of different, different, that, that, the stories there of Razorbacks and, and the history there, I would love to be a fly on the wall when they're swapping stories of the history of the Razorbacks. Oh, the history of the Razorbacks? Yes, ma'am. How they got their name? Well, no, just in general. Which sport, I mean, I know you mentioned baseball a few minutes ago. Which sport do you do you guys follow the most? I mean, obviously football right now is the big deal, but do you guys you know, have, have different things you try to join you to get to more often? Or um, just different sports, or is it just a good range of everybody? It's a different range with all of us because not only is there a wide range of uh, age, we're from different, often different kinds of backgrounds. Some host seasons, some can afford to host season tickets, and some of us just barely make what we do make. But we we just all have one thing in common: we love the Razorbacks, we support them, we support the coaches of in all sports. It don't matter if you choose to put on that uniform, Arkansas Razorback, we are going to support you. Miss Melinda, how did you get involved with the Hogettes? Well, I think it started back with Sherry. I met her almost two years ago, um, 2017, and we were just talking, and we ended up going, meeting her for the game um, in um, Fayetteville in September, I think. So that's how me and her kind of started talking. I already knew Patty before before then, but we all just started among, talking amongst ourselves, and we just got bigger, I guess, and, and we all started um, interacting a lot more than, uh, I guess, over the last, what, year, Patty? We've, we've just been mainly just a few of us. Um, we got our own we got our own little thing. Kelly started a DM for what we all go to and communicate with and back and forth, and uh, the ladies, the, the two fans from uh, Shreveport, Louisiana, one of them gets as one that has her shirts made, mm-hmm. an LSU fan and makes our hog get shirt. That is did, funny right there. How did you guys manage yeah. to work that out? That sounds like a story. How did, I was going to say, how did y'all swing that? Ali got some pull. Yes, <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. So how are y'all, y'all are just spread out across the, the, the country and, and, or the, I guess the, the, the region. We are, we got Melinda's right now. She's living in Oklahoma city, city. Yeah. We got one in Dallas, Texas. Uh, Two in Louisiana, one in Florida. And of course, we're all we're all over Ar- You know, we got some all over parts of Arkansas. Actually, I'm closer to Shreveport than I am to Fayetteville. So, if somebody, if 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 you know, like Steve's wife or, or my want to join the Hogettes, is this like an invite only, exclusive club, or I mean, can anybody join? Or uh, right now, it's. It's kind of closed. It's kind of closed because I mean, it's hard. It's hard to keep up with everybody. I can understand. I can understand that. I mean, spread out that much. So I was hoping you'd say there was room because I'm curious what the initiation process. Right? Would be. Uh, is like, there hazing or you know? <laughs> it seems like one of those things. Uh, no, we don't. Well, <laughs> we only haze if you talk bad about our hogs. Uh, that's a good. Right. <laughs> I've converted. I've converted my wife to a uh, from a Texas fan to an Arkansas fan. So, well, it's okay. Good job. That's a fact. I'm very proud of. But so you've guys got a got a wide range of 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 history there. What is and and 
what is what are some of the who are the, some of the, the the players that you've met, the coaches that you've met? Who stands out among all of those between the two of you? Uh, Mark Smith. Okay, he is just. I mean, they're all they're all about the players, but you can see on Twitter, you can you can see his interaction, his family's interaction with them players. It's like they're all a part of his family. What about you, Melinda? And, um, I think I would agree too. I mean, he kind of interacts with us too at times. So okay. and okay, so I like now, Chad. Don't get me wrong, Chad. More. <laughs> I like all of them. <laughs> it, was, it was a good business. We don't want to not leave them out, but yeah. Right. So I have to ask, though, and you, you know, Steve and I, you and I talked about this last week, but I got to get their opinion. What do you guys think about the uniforms? I love them. I love them. Okay. Easy enough. No there you go. No nothing. They love them. The Hoggets have spoken. Okay. It is. It has been deemed that it should be for every single game going forward. We'll just have to go. The Hoggets have spoken. There it is. Final yeah. word. Yep, that's it. So, who's your favorite basketball player, uh, Razorback basketball player of all time that y'all that y'all f- think of? Moses King Moses Moses, Moses Kingsley. Kingsley. Okay, okay. Because he would come on Twitter after they after they win a game, and uh, he did a lot of it. He might have done a lot of the scoring, but he's always on there. A great team win. Thank you, Lord. It was always about a team effort. Moses always seemed like a very humble guy, and watching him develop over that, you know, from from one year to the next was pretty awesome. So that 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 was definitely an enjoyable time when he was here. I would agree. He's 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 definitely at the top of my list for sure. So and Dusty Hannah, so you can't leave Dusty out though. Oh no, goodness gracious, no. Dusty! Dusty's Not one heck no, of an ambassador for the program in general. <laughs> yeah, and I'll never forget when he was calling, "We're going dancing." <laughs> so. Have y'all have y'all got to meet uh, Coach Musselman yet? The new basketball coach. I haven't. I haven't. I haven't got to go to a basketball game. I'm I'm usually working when they. Play. <laughs> well, so, I, no. I tell you, we had the opportunity. I I I did us as a team though. Had the opportunity to sit down with him a few weeks ago um, and uh, have a have a little interview with him. It wasn't very long, but uh, I I liked him. I mean, it, it just answered questions straightforward. He was is high energy. He loves he loves what he does. He loves he loves this team. Um, I, I think we're gonna see a, a big difference. Do you, you guys agree? I agree. Yeah, absolutely. I, I you know, I'm uh, fortunate to live close to a, a very high, uh, highly rated 2021 recruit, and I uh, get to talk about uh, Coach Muss quite often. And uh, we had a couple conversations last week about Muss, and, and the number one thing I keep hearing out of out, out of them is. Is that uh, if there's not if there's a coach in the league that can get you to the NBA, it's going to be that guy, that staff. So I'm excited to see what they put on the floor over the next couple of years because I think it's going to be an exciting. Yeah, he's brand. got a lot of energy. He does. That's what they said. They. Uh, it was funny to me listening to uh, uh, his dad talk, and, and and we were we were talking about a couple of different things, and he said that uh, I'm talking about Jalen Ricks. Uh, Jalen looked at the practice and just went. He 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 took a look and he he was just dumbfounded at what they were doing down there on the floor. So that speaks volumes and, and sounds good about where the, the direction the program's headed into. Okay. So, so what are some of your thoughts Who's on the other up- football player? My so favorite Ooh. all time? Ooh, that's a tough one. She put, did you see that, Steve? She put me on the spot. Man. Yes. Hmm. So favorite Who's football favorite football player of all time. <sighs> well, you've got guys like like um um Dan Hampton, you've got. You want to go back further than that? You've got Bill Montgomery. You've I got. Can't go back that far. Come on, man. You got Jimmy Johnson. You got uh, uh, whom? 
My mind just turned a blank. Owner of the Cowboys. Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones. Good Lord. Wow, and you call yourselves the Cowboys. I know. Wow. I just okay. Pulled, I just put a blank on that one. <laughs> Guess wow. we'll be getting Jerry on the show anytime soon. Wow, I just put a blank on that one. But, I mean, you've got uh, um, Quinn Grovey, Keith Jackson. I mean, the, the, there's so many. I, I, I So, I'm going to go a different direction. Of course and, you and would. Only, and so... <laughs> I, 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 number one, I can't go that far back. Now, of course, there's the McFadden. <laughs> and you call yourself a hog yeah. fan. <laughs> I'm a hog fan that's McFadden. 30. I'm a 36-year-old hog fan. That's about as far back as I I'm get. a 32-year-old so, hog fan. But I didn't see any of those guys. So, so I mean, of course, you got the McFaddens <laughs> and the Mallets and the easy answers. But I'm going to go with Martrell Spate for a couple reasons. Okay, I can see that. Number one, Martrell was fun to watch. Like, in the over the last few years, he was one of those guys that you just – you watched, he, he, he hit, you knew he loved the game. But the reason I like him so much, even after football now, um, one, I found out I live like right down the street from his parents' restaurant, which is kind of cool. But the other is this dude is a, he's just, he's a cool dude. Like just, he is really down to earth. earth guy. He's, he's very, he, he loves hog football. He loves football in general, but he's a very down to earth, level headed guy. You see what he's doing with his, you know, he kind of left the NFL now to, to take, you know, to get his, finish up his degree, do some things up at the university. So, Martre, Martrell Spade is a, is probably a, a left field answer, but um, I'm get, you know of course I could be easy and just be like McFadden because he was so much stinking. I think that's the general answer but, for everybody. Well, and in, in our age group, probably so. Yeah. So. And see, I I played against him when I was in high school. I didn't. And he was lightning fast. You played fast. against Jeremy McFadden. Yes, ma'am. What y'all think of Dennis Johnson? Oh, I love DJ Dennis. was not bad. Texture Cannon Boy now. Yeah. He was, you know. And I, that's <laughs> my bad, Steve. Go ahead. DJ was my favorite player on whichever year that was at NCAA football. The well, kick returner. And you know, the, the sad part about all that is he was not a bad running back, but he's one of the ones that get kind of buried underneath oh, all the did. lists. He got lost in the shuffle. But him and. Um, he, got in, he got injured. Yeah, he him, did. Him and. and um, oh, what was it? Niall Davis. Yeah, but Niall had his chair of injuries yeah. as well. Um, I'm going to go a different route. I'm not actually going to pick a football player per se. They're well, they're involved with. Their, I've got two, okay. and they're they're real near and dear to my heart because one of them is a very big. Well, they're both idols of mine, but I'm going to go with Paul Eels and Frank Broyles. Okay. All right. <laughs> and the reason I did that is because I met I met them both. I was able to meet them both. Um, fortunately, before they they passed away. Um, and Paul Eels actually is the one that inspired me to get into sports media and do what I'm doing today. Okay. And then Frank, I mean, how can, how can you not like Frank? You're an old soul. I am. I am. I love Frank. Oh yeah. But who doesn't love Frank? I mean, you can't, I mean, he got some of the decisions he made in the latter years were kind of questionable, but you got to look at his overall passion coming in from Georgia tech and setting his roots here. Yes. Yeah, but I mean, fifty years. Where would Razorback football be without him? I mean, or Razorback athletics in general. Where would it be right? Without him? Where I mean, where would the Razorbacks be at all? Yeah, absolutely. You can't. I mean, that that's yeah. He de- he deserves every bit of recognition he can get. I, I'm going to well, throw one out. Ask you about Dennis Johnson. Uh huh. He's one of my favorites because he's from here. He played with my my nephews played with him, but they also took they they tutored him in school where he get you know keep his grades up. Oh, very cool. Dennis was a lot of fun to watch as well. I liked watching watching him a lot. So since we're going through you this. You got to make him mad. You make him mad, you couldn't stop him. Huh. Okay. 
Yeah, you, you never know. Different ways to motivate folks. <laughs> and that's that's the the fun part about this football team is is every year there's there's a handful of players that just stand out among the rest. Yeah, whether it be personality, talent, or just yeah, you know, I mean, either way. Oh know, yeah, there's always a guy that you think. Yeah, uh, Drew Morgan, I think, is the guy right now that the personality guy that that kind of stands out to me. Right Juice. Now pro- he's he's a lot of fun. Drew? Yes. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> or, Bring the juice. No, Drew's who I'm talking about. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. He's he's a lot of fun. Um, so since we're on that topic of favorite players, how about, so, so I think we've got some baseball fans, uh, definitely who's your favorite baseball player? Well, I had a new one, Isaiah Campbell. Oh yeah. I mean, Zay, Zay Day. Yeah. Uh, you can't, can't not love Zay. It was, it was Benny Ball, but I don't know. I, Campbell, uh, he Campbell stole my heart this year. Yeah. He, he, he was a lot awesome. of fun. He was a whole lot of fun, but I'm yeah. going to have to. I'm going to have to agree. I'm going to have to go Benny. I mean, uh, Benny Baseball is definitely uh, – I follow him even now. I'm not – I try to follow the majors as much oh, as I, I can. Oh, I still follow him. And, and I love Benny. He, he, the things he did here, that, that, that SEC tournament run was something special. That was, that was, uh, that was amazing. That was fun to watch. I'm going to shift gears for a second, and I'm going to go back to football. Uh, going into this year, who, give me a realistic – and Miss Melinda, we'll start with you. Realistic win-loss record for this football season. Oh, that's not fair. <laughs> hey, I got put on the spot. You know, I got to return the favor. Yeah, but that's not a football player. <laughs> um, honestly, I, I, that's, I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping six or seven wins at least. That's not bad. I mean, I've got, you know, Steve and I broke it down, what, week one? Yeah. Um, episode one of our podcast, five and seven, six and six, very good improvement over, uh, over last year. Anything's better than last year, but five and, you know, five and seven, six and six, um, realistic. Of course, everybody wants the nine, the tens and the 11 win seasons. Um, I don't think we're there yet. Oh, Miss, come on, Miss Patty. What do you think? I'm going with six at the most. Okay. So this seems to be the consensus vote. So we have a realistic group. So, see, I think we need to get, like, a full-on Hoggett's preview at some point before the season. I like that idea. All of you ladies get together and give us a a preseason, what you think the record will be, and then we'll see see how close and and how the season plays out. Oh, yeah. Give me your best offensive and defensive player at the year's end. Who do you think it's going to be? This year? Yes, ma'am. I'm going with Trey Knott and Scooter Harris. I like it. I, I, I like it. I do too. I'm not, just, I'm not going to disagree. I, I learned not to disagree with a woman anyway. But I but. I, that's smart man. Yeah, I'm. I'm still learning that fact. But that's for another time. No, I, I like Scooter Harris. That I like that one. Um, I can't pick. Kind of hard. You got to have. Hey, Melinda. Who's your? You're asking the wrong person because I honestly don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. I'm. I'm hoping. I don't. I honestly, I don't know. I guess we'll just have to see. I, I don't know. I, that's bad on my part. I know. I'm gonna go with a, a different freshman, and I'm gonna go with Solie on the defensive side, just because. Yeah. So much stuff's coming out. Maybe okay. I, with with Mateo Solie, uh, the, the, the freshman defensive end. Um, that's that's who I'm gonna go with on the defensive side of the ball. And well, on the I can off- see it. On the offensive side of the ball, I don't know. Give, I, I think I'm going to agree with you on Trey Knox. I, he's just he's he's, he's a so guy. talented. 
and he's, oh, he is awesome. and he's nothing like anything we've seen up there in a long time. Well, Steve, it's oh, like no. it's like you yeah. and I talk about. Okay, coming into the season, we've got the pieces, we've got the parks that are in place. Yeah, absolutely. You look at you can look at the wide receiver core. You look at the the running backs. We got all three of our, our main running backs back, and they're healthy. Yep. Got a good quarterback room. Got a tight end. The only question on everybody's minds is that offensive line. Yeah, from an offensive perspective. From an offensive standpoint, that's where it starts. Yep. Well, whoever wins the wins the center job, I think to me will be the MVP of the offense after after some of the struggles we had snapping the ball last year. So, whoever wins the center position to me will be the MVP of the offense. And when I told them, we we told some of the O line guys at the clinic, mm-hmm. I told them, I said, when you're protecting that quarterback, that running back, you think of that as your mama. You can protect them. That's right. Now you didn't, y- y'all didn't have so, to feed them or anything, right? Because that would get ugly. Oh, we didn't have to feed them, no. Okay, that's good. <laughs> that could get that. That could would happen. that would get crazy. Yeah, it's an expensive room. So, um, are y'all do y'all do any charity work or? Uh, we're uh we're up for it. I think they're trying to start something, aren't they? It's, yeah, they're trying. To, well, what I do is like you know we we got our shirt, Hallgate shirt, and like here if I wear it, if we're not you know like going to something with the hog, like Saturday we had the watermelon fest at Hope. I went to it. I was representing them because I helped in a booth for cystic fibrosis to bring awareness to it and uh, help raise money for uh, a new <sighs> medication that they're trying to get out. Okay. So you know I volunteer my time. I got you. So, yeah, I guess the question, I know you guys get to go to, try to go to, to several events. So, um, just curious if you guys had any, any different uh, charities that you guys try to represent when you're at these events or anything, any kind of word you're trying to get out there as well. Oh, we're, we're open. We're open to do volunteer for any kind of charity work. Will we see the Hoggets at Fan Day on the 24th? The 24th? What's the 24th on? Uh, Saturday. Oh, it's a Saturday, okay. Yeah, it's Saturday it's afternoon, Saturday. two. I want to say two to six, take two thirty to six thirty or something like that. I will try to make it. It's, it's, I live in Texas, and I had to be. I had to teach nursery on Sunday morning. Oh, okay, so it's a long drive. Well, I'll be in Texas, for my daughter free graduation uh, college graduation party so i'll be missing that one well surely though unfortunately surely a few of the hoggets will make their way up i'm sure there's a few in that area correct oh yeah 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 absolutely well hopefully we can run a few down while we're there and and uh and enjoy that uh, and get to get to speak to a few others now i'll be at the, the 30th i'll be at the at little rock for the one call the that is one coming call. up again the world yeah. one world hog call oh okay that's right Okay. On the thirtieth at like one thirty. And World Memorial. That's right. Yep. Well, we'll definitely have yeah, one World Memorial, and I forgot what it's happening one in Fayetteville too. I think it's going to be at the Greek Theater there on the hill. Well, Miss Patty, Miss Melinda, we thank you both for joining us. Hope to have you guys on again sometime. Okay, thanks, thanks for having me. All right. Well, <laughs> thank you. All right. Thanks again, guys. Everybody, make sure you give the Hoggets a follow on Twitter. Uh, you want to give out your Twitter handle real quick? Hoggets one. Hoggets one. All right, guys. Everybody, give them a follow there on Twitter. Welcome back to Inside the Natural State. Zach and Steve back with you for our final segment. That was a lot of fun. That was. That was a lot of fun. fun. We were too serious the first couple of segments, so I had to. Yeah, if you guys ever get access to these outtakes, 
the last 30 minutes or so have been some kind I'm, of I'm going to end up I'm going to end up in a home somewhere. Yeah, I think we could probably get more listeners if we just played what we just yeah. did for the next 30 minutes. People would probably, probably just keep listening. Don't shake your head, Will. There's some weird people in this world. Yeah, our, our producer Will's over going, no, no, please, gosh, no, please, please. <laughs> I don't no. know why he's so upset. It would probably make his job a lot easier. Just throw it out there see what happens. That's, no. <laughs> Throw it out there. No, we're not throwing nothing out nowhere. Easy. Here we go. We're going <laughs> right down Main Street again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. So I got to get your thoughts because it's, this is it, it's been – you had the idea earlier today when we were doing show prep about the transfers. Been a lot of them. There have been. But, 43 to be exact. But, I mean, at the same time, though, isn't that normal for a football program? No. I mean, on average, because see, to me, transferring out after the season's over, especially with the coaching change, kind of seems normal to me, doesn't it? I mean, yeah, I mean, with the coaching change, possibly, but so looking at the numbers, so since this is from, I guess, this is October, I believe, of last year, so basically running year just about, um, 23 total Razorbacks have entered a name in the transfer portal. The next closest school in the SEC, mm-hmm. 13. Auburn had 13. LSU had 13. So so we had the most out of the SEC. We had the most out of the SEC. I don't know how that ranks on a national scale. But well. So so when I look at these numbers, here's my thought. So it's interesting. Um, I'm not real sure this come off of social media. But um, so the T, so let's take Georgia, for instance. Georgia put eight, team, eight, eight players in the portal. And um, what, five in jail? <laughs> is that Georgia? That sounds more like Florida. Um so Georgia puts eight in the in the portal. Um, six of those were four or five stars or better. So when you look at this list, to me there's a there's a massive talent gap, which we've seen on the field the last few years. Yeah. Um, and when you look, so so Arkansas, when you take so they broke this down into percentage of elite players, right? Which are four, four and five, five stars. Star. So Georgia had seventy five percent of the players that left and entered the transfer portal were a four or a five-star. So out of their eight, six of them were. You think that they have a notoriety the last couple of years right. of choking in the big games. And I'm going to say this. And, and the, you look at the, the two SEC title games, okay? You look at the Sugar Bowl. You look at the national championship. Four big games right there all within the same, almost the same calendar year. Mm-hmm. They're going to use that excuse. Well, we've got a bunch of trans, four or five-star transfers that transferred out. Or are they going to use this year? I don't, I don't, and I don't think they'll use that though. My, my thought didn't, process. Didn't one of their, well, didn't one of their quarterbacks transfer yeah, out too? Justin Eason? Fields or and Fields? We'll, and we'll get into that whole story here in a little bit too, because that's that's an interesting dynamic of what's actually transit, what's actually happened since that transition happened. Um, and I think you're right. I think they actually had a couple of guys transfer out I, and it, over the last twenty twelve to eighteen months as far as at quarterback. But I guess my point is seventy five percent of the players that left Georgia were a four or a five star. To me, that is more representative of talent that's being stockpiled in a program, and those kids are seeing the writing on the wall, and they're going to take their opportunity to go somewhere else to get more playing time. You know, Justin Fields has had his reasons for leaving Georgia. Um, they've been well documented. He got the immediate eligibility at Ohio State. Uh, may not even be. <clears throat> May not even be the starting quarterback at Ohio State when the season starts. Um, interestingly enough, he may end up getting beat out by a guy that went to Kentucky who couldn't start at Kentucky, and he may go be the starter at Ohio State over Justin Fields. So, for me, like kind of my thought process 
would be, um, you know, when you, when you look at the guys that have left, the talent gap that's there. So for Arkansas, on the other hand, Arkansas had the most transfers hit the portal right, and had the least number of elite players. So 13%. Which is, which is why I was asking, was it entirely a bad thing that we had 23 transfers? Oh, no, absolutely not. When you think about <coughs> the massive misses by Burt, the laziness. Burt, Brett, Burt. I call him Burt. Same thing. I call him Bert, Same thing. Burt and Ernie. But, so the massive misses that Burt had over the last couple of years that he was here, that's why we see this number. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying And here. that's why the team, not so much this year at this point, but that's why you see that. That's why you saw the team last year in the shape that it was in. Well, that's why you've seen the team in the shape it's been in for the last couple of years. Yeah. The, the talent, there's guys on this, on this roster that, I, I mean, point blank, should not have been given an SEC offer. No. And that shows in where these guys have landed. But at the same time, it's like you and I talk about, you can't go into Texas and say what he said and expect to get SEC caliber kind of guys. Right, and, and, and I think you have to think, too, while he was here, he, he definitely burnt bridges. Uh, oh. And the Texas thing right off the bat. So you got a guy that, that, that struck out all the time. He, he seemed to almost, especially the last few years, seemed to always strike out. And so once he would strike out on a player, he was stuck. I mean, you, you got to fill the scholarships, otherwise you have depth issues. So now you're throwing, you're throwing late scholarships at guys that probably don't have any business being in an SEC program. Now, good for them. They got an offer. They accepted it. Take it. Run with it. And, and go out and live your dream to play now, SEC football. Before we, before we jump any further, I want to I preface this with saying these kids have talent. Oh, absolutely. I'm not talking bad about anybody. Yeah, these kids have talent. What we're saying is it's not SEC caliber. Well, and I think that shows. I mean, not to, yeah. not to name names, but let's think about this. You've got guys that have ended up at Western Kentucky, Florida International, uh, UCA. I mean, outside of a couple of guys, what maybe well, one or two I'm, wound I'm up gonna, in Power Five programs. I'm going to give you the schools, and I'm not. We're not going to name any names because somebody, you know, some people can can pick out who's who. Yeah. SMU, Missouri, Iowa State, Oregon State. Okay, so that's your Power Five. That's your Power Five right that's there. It. And I mean, Oregon State is. Borderline Power Five. Um, I mean, you've got you've got you know Stephen F. Austin, FIU, um, Illinois State, Nichols, Western Kentucky. Well, then there's still a large handful of these guys who haven't even found a home. Yeah. So I mean, it, it's it it stands to reason that again, not questioning the talent because it takes talent to play at the college level. I don't care if you're playing at the JUCO, the D four, three, NAIA level. It doesn't matter. It takes talent to play at that level. You can't just walk out there and play football. And and and, and so. These guys had talent. They had measurables. They had the things that the staff was looking for. Um, but at the end of the day, it wasn't SEC-level talent. And, and we've seen that over the last two years with the way we've just been run off the field by teams that have SEC talent. And then when you look at these numbers of the guys that have transferred out, the guys that, that, that left some of these schools, again, LSU is a prime example as well. Now, LSU lost 13, 13 of their guys went in the portal. Only 15% of those were a four or a five-star Still, but for LSU, that's a pretty big chunk. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, at 15%, so that's a good-sized number of guys. Well, are- you look at teams like Alabama, you look at teams like Georgia, Auburn, the consistent winners. And I'm, I'm going to say that. I'm going to say that for a reason. And you have more than 10% tra- uh, of, of elite players. You have, more ten, uh, you have more than 10% transfer out. That's a pretty big chunk of their recruiting base that they've got. Yeah. That fell off. You're looking at 23 players and going, oh, my God, that's a lot. But the, the percentage of actual elite players is still small. 
Yeah, so. and, and that's the thing. That's why I obviously the the moves that have been made are moves that needed to happen. Right. Um, again, you look at those numbers. Even Alabama had eight that entered the portal, and four. So half of those were four and five stars. So again, that's competition. That's Jalen Hurts being one of them. Yeah, I mean, and that's to me, that's a lot of guys that see the writing on the wall that want to go somewhere that they're going to get more playing time. Doesn't mean they're not talented. Obviously, they were highly talented, highly touted guys. They're just looking for another opportunity. I don't think, think there's anything wrong with that. Now, what we're not seeing, I mean, these things break down. You know, you've got the number there that, that shows the elite players. But we don't know if they're walk-ons or were walk-ons, preferred walk-ons, or what. We don't know We don't know the, the, the backstory of why they transferred. Right. And, I mean, there's some of them we kind of have an idea and we know. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, the guys that from, from Arkansas that have gone um, – I mean, again, to me, it's a writing on the wall thing. Again, I'm not, I'm not trying to say anything bad about the players in general. They, they accepted an opportunity. I mean, if if ESPN called me tomorrow and wanted to offer me a job as a uh, on a podcast with them, I'd say, hey, you know, I'm gonna be talented enough, but I'll see you later, dude. Yeah, I, I would. I would. Let's go. No, I, <laughs> I, and I would, I would tell you, hey, you get this offer, take off. Right. Absolutely. So I mean, okay. you don't blame. It's a, a kid. well, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity, and trust me, I mean, in any situation, whether it's sports or life in general. You know, you may not have the you don't you may not think you've got talent, but if somebody comes along like an ESPN, Fox Sport, what have you, take it. Yeah, absolutely. You got you gain experience. That yeah, that was like um, a few weeks ago before we started the season on our live show. I got the opportunity to, to uh, hang out at the Buzz and be on the afternoon talk radio show up there. Uh-huh. And and at the end of it, he was like, "Anytime you want to come back, just shoot me an email." And I was like, "Cool." Yeah, it, it opens up doors. That and it was one of the coolest things ever. Oh, I bet. for for me being on the buzz is like is the pinnacle of <laughs> of of it all here here at least here in the in the state of Arkansas. Right. Yeah, you know, and I mean, just I was asking questions. It was hilarious. It was fun. If 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 a D one school, especially in a tough division, tough conference like the SEC West, comes calling and says, "Hey, we want you to come play for us. Here's a scholarship." Freaking take yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, the SEC is the dream conference. That's where guys want to go Just play. take it. You, you have to jump at the opportunity. So, again, I don't I don't disagree with those kids making that choice. Who wouldn't? I mean, if my son had that opportunity, I'd say, yep, yeah, go. I mean, it's an education. It's in the greatest conference. That, that. So, hopefully, these guys will be better. They've, they've played against great competition. They understand it. Now they're going to go down to a little lower level. Hopefully, they take what they learned here. And apply it, and maybe they'll be better players than we thought, you know, or th- than they were here. So, um, you know, so and again, when you see a thirteen percent of twenty three as your elite players that transferred out, to me that again tells me that we we're moving in the right direction. Oh yeah. So so my question though is, how do you feel about the transfer portal? Because some interesting stuff came out today. You talking about um, Tate Martell? Yeah. Which. Kind of falls right along. Obviously, it ties into the Justin Fields part in the Georgia transfer. The quote he made about Nick Starkle. Oh man! <laughs> now, I mean, that's been a bit ago, though. That's that was, was that back when he was being recruited. Okay, so that was two years. That was what a couple of years it's ago. It's been a couple of years, I think. That, that, okay, yeah. Have you seen that wheel? I yeah. thought I thought that was recent, and I'm sitting there scratching my head, going, um, "Has this dude been living under a rock?" Yeah. <laughs> I, I really think that that came – I know that came – because I saw that. I think I saw that get shared but out again today. my thing – and it goes back and it ties into uh, – who's the Clemson kid? Oh, Kelly Bryant. Yeah, Kelly Bryant. 
and Trevor Lawrence. Dude, if you lose your job, battle back and try to win it back. Yeah, and I get Quit that. Quit griping yeah. about it. Quit complaining about it. Here, here's my okay. I, I don't like I, I don't like Kelly Bryant because of the way he the way he did everything. I don't like the way that happened. No. Obviously, as an Arkansas fan, maybe I feel a little spurned. Well, you know who you know who he reminded of when he when he was doing the recruiting process. Who's that? LeBron James. The way he did the decision back a couple several years right, ago. Right. Dude, just go to your team, pick your team, and lay low. Yeah, I mean, and, and again, I think I, I, the only thing that upset me about that whole situation was, and again, you know, we're not there, we're not on the inside. No, we, we can only we can only trust the information, the sources that we that we get, and so right. a lot of the stuff that you know was kind of thrown about towards the end of that recruiting process and the way he did the staff, who was supposed to be good friends that he's known for a long time, that his family's known. That was my issue, but from a from a pure football standpoint. You think me, he's? Do you think he? Tell me honestly. You think he's going to play in the NFL? No, I don't think he'll play in the NFL. No. I, I don't think he'll be a quarterback in the NFL, I, and I don't know that he transitions to any other position. But I guess so. Where where I, where I'm okay with his transfer is, you know, sure, I would have loved to have seen him stick around because obviously the, he he announces he's leaving, and then what the next week Lawrence hurts his neck, and they're stuck without a quarterback, so he hurts his team. Um, I I get it. I, I get why he transferred. Um, here's my issue, Tate Martell. Is, is is this kid gets a, a, a waiver immediately to be immediately eligible and goes to Miami, mm-hmm. apparently thinks he's the starter, walks in, finds out he's not the starter, and now there's rumors that he's going to get back in the transfer portal. He didn't show up at practice today. Um, what does he think this is, the NFL? Well, I mean, who – but even in the NFL, who promises you a job? Nobody promises you a job in the NFL. I mean, you, no, you, you, work you for get it. there and you work it. You, and so that's my thing. I, I, don't got, I don't have a problem. I think a transfer portal can be a great tool if it's used properly. Coaches can come and go. They can do whatever they want. And they're getting paid millions of dollars. And they can walk away from a school uh, that they screwed over with 12 to $15 million in their pocket. Meanwhile, the players that are there are screwed on what they can do. So I don't have – I think the transfer <coughs> portal is a great opportunity. Yeah. I think it's being misused. I think it's being overused. Um, but well, my issue is a guy like this. This is going to open up a can of worms that I don't think the NCAA wants to deal with. No, but I'll tell you who did it. Who did the transport, transfer portal right, and I don't like talking them up a lot, but I got to give credit where credit's due. Um, Jalen Hurt did it right. We all know the story. He got beat out by two attack of Viola, and he didn't go, oh, I'm out, I'm leaving. Right. He talked to it everything he knew. Finished the season out and said, all right, coach, I'm leaving. I'm guaranteeing you Saban talked him down off that. Yeah, but it's a little different situation, too, because everybody thought that Jalen should have left last year after the whole national championship thing when Tua came in. That was Tua's coming out party, and everybody thought, well, you know, Jay, is Jalen going to leave now? Is he going to leave before the season last year? I, I, I commend him for sticking around. Yeah, absolutely. And, and to me, so that's where the the so the so the deal with, with uh, Kelly Bryant, that's where – I'm a little different in that, yes, I would have loved to see him stick with his team. I don't like the middle of the season, hey, I'm dipping on my team. Let me jump out here into the portal. I'm not going to play anymore this year. Um, again, that's going to be a product of the four-game four thing with the red shirts. So so let me, let me break this Tate Martell story down for you. <clears throat> in 2012, he commits to the University of Washington. 2015, he decommits from the University of Washington. Mm-hmm. 2015. He commits to AM. 2016 says AM quarterbacks are ass and he can start as a freshman. <laughs> so he decommits from AM. 2017, he enrolls at OSU, which I'm assuming is Ohio State. 
18, tweets about swinging and missing. 2019, transfers to Miami, loses quarterback race. What is this kid going to do now? I don't know where he ends up. I, I think it's a bad idea for him to leave Miami no at, matter what the at, situation is. If anybody else sees this, no D1 school is going to pick him up. Well, because a coach has almost got to feel like they have to hand him the starting job or he's going to leave. Yeah. You know, and so, but. And Hertz, Jalen Hurts was a grad transfer to, can, to uh, Oklahoma. Can someone explain to me? I'm not, I'm not the greatest evaluator of talent. There's a reason I'm sitting here instead of out on a football field evaluating talent. That hurts. That that hurts. I'm not saying I said me, not you. That you you may be you may be a great evaluator, and you just haven't been found yet. I mean, I, I, like I, I highly I appreciate the ego boost, but I'm nah. I happen to like to think of myself as a professional amateur scout. That's it. I mean, I, I sounds watched, good to me. Yeah, yeah, you know, hey. So, so I mean, but can someone tell me the love affair with a five foot ten quarterback? A five foot ten quarterback I, that's calling the quarterbacks over at A and M garbage. And can acts. I make it? Can I make a comparison? A very bad comparison. Please, yeah. John Stephen Jones. Well, <laughs> kid's got a cannon, but he kept his mouth shut. Does he have a cannon though? He was very highly touted coming out, of, and it's not just because of who his family is. He was a very decent quarterback. He same was, thing with the, how tall is Chandler Morris? They're about the same size. Yeah. So there you go. But Coach Kelly on our live show said a couple weeks ago, "Don't have to be a six one, six two, six ten quarterback." No, I don't disagree with that. Absolutely not. Do I think do I think Tate Martell should have kept his mouth shut? Yes, definitely. Players, especially transferring players, need to keep their mouth closed. Tate Martell probably just needs to go to like Florida Atlantic or something or wherever Lane Kiffin's at now. Like go play with Lane or something. That yeah. seems like that would be a better match. Well, I, I just I don't see – he's not – to me, he's not a power five quarterback. He's and it's not. been proven everywhere he's went. He can't win a job. He, he's so, not. So why is he there? So, he's not. And it's not about his height either. And that's the thing, that's the thing I don't understand is it's not about his height. It, no. it, 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 it's his attitude. It's his, it's his mentality. Right. It's the way you carry yourself. Well, I mean, again, you, you act like this is this – is, it's your opportunity to be the starter wherever you want to go. And if you're not given that job, you're going to run and cry. I'm going to take my ball and go home. So – and that's almost the, kind of the feel you get from it. So, you know, it, it's interesting to see how the transfer portal works out as we go forward. Um, His analytics may be off. Height. Right. Speed. Some kid, and, and again, every kid that plays football is talented. But not everybody can play on a D1 level. Right. And, but the other question, too, has got to be asked is where does he fit? Is he So who's giving him advice? Because I think that's an important thing, well, too. Well, look, I mean, look at it. He goes from Washington, from the Pac-12, to the SEC, to the Big Ten, to the ACC. How have we been dealing with him since 2012? We're now in oh, 2019. Wait. He was, wasn't he like a phenom at that point? He Didn't was a he phenom. he come out and was like going to be the next great thing? That's, he was going right. to be, he was. Like as a 14-year-old, everyone He was, was kind of touted like Cam Newton. That's right. That is, yeah, okay. I he was kind of touted as the next Cam Newton almost. Yeah, I, I remember that. So, all right, so we, we kind of went down a rabbit hole there, but it all bounces back. So, when we start <laughs> thinking about the talent level of where this program is right now, um, with all the players that have entered the transfer portal, all the players that have come and gone, you know, we've added some really good, really good pieces. Um, there's a little five, seven running back up there right now. That sounds like he's taken over the hill and can't even play this year. 
um, in, in the kids hey, in Arizona at, State. At this point, I'm okay with that. No, I'm. Yeah, I think it's a great thing. I mean, the, the thing is, is competition. You learn, <clears throat> you learn everything you can from Dev Walrakeem and Chase. Oh, I got absolutely. I've seen people that it's okay to carry a clipboard that first year. Yeah, absolutely. But him, what he's been doing apparently in the scrimmage over the weekend sounded really good. So, so I mean, I, I'm I'm a big fan of the transfer portal. I think it can only make the program better. I think it can only add to what we can bring, what, what we can do. Uh, on the field, and it's it's an it's a quicker transition. I mean, yes, must live must is going to live on it for the basketball. Yeah, program, oh it yeah. Seems like so, but you know that's his mo though, and that's total, and that's okay. Well, Chad Morse does it as well. Yeah, they? and that's okay. No, they're everybody, innovators of that. And that's what I don't understand is everybody keeps. You see this thing on social media a lot. He can't recruit, so he's depending on the the transfer portal. Sometimes that's what you got to do. But I don't. I disagree with that. I again, that's a whole other topic, but. I don't think it has anything to do with his lack of ability to, to recruit. I think it has to do with him getting here so late. It's his only option. Well, my it, argument with that would be Chad Morris took over in December of 2018. The signing day was in February. That first signing class was something that he looked at the team and said, this is what we need right now. Right, absolutely. So, in, in certain scenarios... You have to make that move. You have to do it that way. Well, I'll say this: I, I've I have I've been able to talk to to a couple of different folks who have who dealt with Mus personally from mm-hmm. a recruiting standpoint. I don't think it's a recruiting thing that's a problem. No, I, I don't think this. I don't I, either. I don't think that the, the the this this idea that's coming out that there's some major issue with his recruiting ability because he's going after all the transfers. I don't get I that. Think I don't get that. It, 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 the same way, the same way Coach Morris looked at the football team when he came on, right, is the same way Coach Muss is looking at the basketball team. Well, and you, you look at even because I was kind of surprised when he started bringing in a bunch of guys, a bunch of these like the guys that have got a city year. So you know, like Connor Vanover. Obviously, that's a state connection. It makes sense. But a couple of the the guy the the guy with the crazy name that I can't pronounce that just committed a couple of weeks ago, um, you know that's another one and and he's a he's a guy that's got a city year and he's a six nine guy which we could use right now yeah but I get it he's who was the last the future who's the last true big guy that we've had I mean would you count Kingsley I mean I don't he Kingsley he maybe Stephen Stephen Hill? Hill they didn't they didn't play Kingsley had the body type. Okay, well, Gafford's obvious, but I mean, the but last. Gafford, but is Gafford a real big man? He's not a real big. He's six ten, but he's he's big. But he, he's the I mean, NBA style big man. Yeah, he's now. the NBA style guy. You know, but I mean, if you're, I mean, I guess he was. But, but talking about big guy, like the it, disadvantage for him was he was the only big guy. Yes, for the time he was here, he was the only big guy. Now, right. if, if Portis and well, Qualls Kingsley would have hung around, and Kingsley, and can you imagine? If some of these cats stayed, how? And again, Mike Anderson. Another topic. Another day. Another day. <laughs> We'd be here all night. <laughs> I know. I've met. I've met Coach A. I've met. I've met him. A. I, I, real nice. Nice oh, yeah, guy. No, I don't. No, no ill will. And and again, we'll we'll get into it. But only complacency kills a program. Yep. Absolutely. Complacency kills a program. Well, we've seen it in two of our sports. So transitioning. Just a little bit as we kind of wrap things up here. Mm-hmm. So, since we're talking about other sports, so baseball, as we think about, I saw an interesting question posed on Twitter. All right. The question is, I've already got my breakout player next year. I'm not. No, 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 I've already got it. Okay. So, so the question is, last year, 
the football team mm-hmm. scored 138 the points. The baseball team? No, no, no. Football team last year. 2018. Hang on, I'm building up to it. Uh-huh. 2018, the football team scored 138 points against SEC opponents. This past baseball season, the baseball team scored 193 runs uh-huh. against SEC opponents. So the question is, will this year's Razorback football team improved offense average more points in SEC play than the baseball team did? Now, to make that happen, the over-under is basically 24 and a half. Mm. 24 and a half points. You want to take that bet now or you want to wait? I'm taking the under. I'll take the under I'm, only because – Okay, I'm taking the over there. Yeah, take I, – I, that's hard because you, you've got an improved football team, but your baseball team also improves greatly too. Yeah, okay. Dave Van Horn – Dave Van Horn knows, I mean, is on point every year. He said last year was a down year. Dude, yeah. if 2-0 and o, or if 2-1 and done at, at, at Omaha is a down year, give it to me. Right. Every, every three years, give it to me. Here's, here's the funny thing and again about baseball, though, is they really did overachieve this year. They did. Oh, I mean, my goodness. When you think about what they, what they did from the time we left Omaha last year to the point, I mean, everything they lost, Blaine Knight, all the other pieces, to rebuild what he rebuilt, not to mention – He's already looking forward because the 2020 class he's already said is the best class he's ever signed if he can get them all on campus. Yeah. So it, it, it's it's not a it's not a matter of if he can win a national title. Oh, it's, a, it's happened it's in a, the next two years. It's an it's a matter of when. We're, we're going to get into baseball a lot here at some point because you so know, fun fact about favorite. baseball. This time last year when we were doing a live show, I knew the very basics of baseball. That doesn't surprise the me. Very basic. I mean, just. Bare minimum. Well, and I, I had watched so much baseball over the last year that, and I mean, I, like, a hog fan, you know, I remember the 2009 world when we played in Omaha against yeah. Arizona State and just got thrown around. Right. Been a fan since then. Okay. You know, kept kept up with it occasionally. But I really started paying attention to it last year. I think most Razorback fans did th- after what happened in Omaha. And and it just it wow yeah you know ninety eight I became a football a uh, 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 real big football fan Me too. Um, and it wasn't because oh it's be- just ninety eight that was yeah. the year. I, I was the same way. I, this thing's the first time I ever cried over a Razorback football. Yeah, just watching Stern yeah. fumble that ball. Oh, and and everything that happened following that was just. Heartbreaking as a, I remember where I was. It's the weird because I don't remember how old I was. Yeah, was the over the overtime games. I remember staying up late, late watching Tony Bua just knock the socks yeah. off this cat after the ball. The whistle was called, the play was dead, and all of a sudden you just see Bua come out of nowhere and just level this guy. When football was fun, yes. <laughs> um, but so so to get to the point on the on the tw- so twenty four points, right? I mean, just a quick runoff, and then we'll be done. I think, but so. I mean, Ole Miss, we ought to be able to score 24-plus against Ole Miss, right? Yeah, there's a lot of pieces missing off of Ole Miss. I mean, you're going yeah. to tw- you're gonna score 24 against Portland State. You're well, not – SEC opponents only. SEC opponents – okay. Yeah. So, we're going SEC only. Okay. Um, yeah. the schedule. I'll, give, I'll give 24 to Ole Miss. So yeah. 24 or more against, against Ole Miss. Against Ole Miss, yeah. Um, right. I don't think you're going to score that much against A&M. A&M? I think, I think that, that one's going to be – I think that's a 24-point game. I think that's a 21 to 27-point mm, game. I think you're going to keep it under 30. That's fine. Again, I think we're 21 to 27. But, 
Yeah. Kentucky? Uh, okay. Well, Kentucky's a question depending on what that defense looks like. Obviously, you know, you've, You're missing Benny Snell and you're missing Josh Allen. Yeah. I'm going to go 24 on that one. I don't think we've scored 24 against Auburn combined in the last five years. So That one's, that one's going to be – Yeah. You're looking at maybe – if depending on how that defense shapes up uh, for Auburn, you're looking at maybe 17. Yeah. If that Alabama, I know we put a bunch of them last on them last year. Yeah, but they called the dogs off. I'm yeah. gonna go. I'm gonna go no on that. And it's one. at their place. Yeah, late I'm. In I'm gonna go no. Mississippi State. They don't have Nick Fitzgerald. Their defense is is just they don't have sweat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go 24 on that one. LSU. That one's gonna be the question mark. That one's because I mean at Baton Rouge. That one's going to be the question. It, it depends. If it's a night game, no. Right. No. Night games in Death Valley. And again, I'm a Hog fan through and through. Night games at Death Valley against LSU. <laughs> Scare the crap out of me. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, night or day, I don't know that we'll get 24. Um, Unless it's just well, we're just rolling at that point. Well, but you, I mean, I mean it, it, it all depends on, on which Hog team shows up. Yeah. And then Missouri. I mean, I think we put 24 on Missouri. 24 on Missouri. I think you have to because I think that's one of those 24 on Missouri. To 40 to 35 yeah. games. I mean, 20, if you don't score 24 on Missouri, then we've got bigger bigger problems. All right, so I'm taking the over. We're going to put a case of Mountain Valley spring water on it. Got it. You're taking the under. I'll you take the under. can't have a push because we're at 24 and a half. And we're in hot springs now, so we can bet legally. Yeah. So we're good. All right. Case of Mountain Valley water. Got it. Done deal. I got the over. You got the under. That'll be an interesting season. I cannot wait. So, next week, we can maybe break down the first four games because I think we're supposed to do that. Yeah, we've been (laughs) – Yeah, but, I mean, it's been pretty good. But, I mean, you got to think. You know, wrapping it up here, final thought being um, first three episodes, what do you think? I think we've done well. What does everyone else think, too, is the real question. Yeah, leave us feedback. Yeah, we want to know. I've heard from a few friends that um, they want to hear more baseball talk. You got more friends talking about it than I do. I don't don't have anybody. Yeah, hey, I mean, I got two of them, and I guess they both listen, so – I mean, I think my wife listens from time to time. So, I mean, hey. I'll Mine's got to listen. She's, she's my co-host <laughs> on the Friday show. She's here stuck with you. <laughs> so, yeah. But, but uh, speaking of which, Friday, we are back. Um, 7 o'clock on Facebook, Natural State Sports. Man, we didn't even talk about the new hog walk thing they're doing. They're we'll doing a hog walk? Have you not seen that? No. We'll oh, talk about that next week. Yeah, I'm next, excited next about that. Next week. You got anything else? I'm good. I think that's it. I think we got it all tonight. Sweet. You've been listening to Inside the Natural State, an Arkansas sports podcast. We will talk to you guys next week. Have a good one.